Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Friday, the 3rd of July, 2020. Let's start by talking about an experience we've probably all had, looking all over the house to find your car keys. Or am I the only one who's done this? I mean, the keys aren't in the normal spot, so you look around the kitchen, you search your bedroom, and the next thing you know, you're removing the cushions from the couch trying to find your keys. And if you're like me, half the time you're doing this, you find out the keys were in your pocket the whole time. Now, your car keys are important. I mean, you're pretty much literally not going anywhere without them, and it's super inconvenient when you lose them. But today, I want us to think about something that's way more important than your car keys. And it's not just inconvenient, but it is tragic when it's lost. And that is the Word of God. And we're going to look at a time in history when that literally happened in the book of 2 Kings. So we're looking at 2 Kings 20 to 22 today. 2 Kings 20 to 22. And I want to highlight two really disturbing things that we see in these chapters. Now, there's some good things, but I want to kind of focus on the two things that jumped out to me as very concerning and, and see how our responses can be different, hopefully, than these things. In chapter 20, we're following up more on King Hezekiah, who yesterday we saw as an example in how to pray when we're distressed and when life is scary. And we see another instance of that today in chapter 20 as he is sick, but he he seeks the Lord and he prays and, and God extends his life. But then we see something not as good when he welcomes these Babylonians in and he kind of shows them everything. And really, we get the sense that he's he's kind of showing off in an arrogant way. And the prophet Isaiah comes to him and rebukes him for what he did. And so we want to pick it up in verse 16, where Isaiah, he says to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till this day, all the stuff that you showed off to the Babylonians, Well, it's going to be carried off to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And some of your own sons who shall be born to you shall be taken away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Right, right? The prophet Isaiah comes and he foretells what is going to happen. And we know from history the Babylonians do end up coming and taking everything that is in Jerusalem, destroying the temple, taking uh, people that would be descendants of Hezekiah to captivity. And this all comes true. So the disturbing thing, though, that I want to point out is Hezekiah's response in verse 19. After this tragic news, he says back to Isaiah, the word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. For he thought, Why not if there will be peace and security in my days? Now, I I don't think what we see here is Hezekiah just, you know, accepting God's will in a way that we should admire or emulate. It it explains the word for is in there. It says, he said this for he thought, why not 
if there will be peace and security in my days. He's revealing, yeah, okay, if that's going to happen, that's fine, but it's not going to happen during my life. So basically, who cares? Now, th that to me is a, a sad thing and shows a, a great lack of concern on King Hezekiah's part for what was going to happen after him. And then what we see, what happens after him is not good. Chapter 21, we read about his son, King Manasseh, who, who is one of the worst kings that we see in the kingdom of Judah, saying that he even offers up his son as a burnt offering. And now, we don't, it doesn't go into great detail of what kind of parent Hezekiah was, but even just seeing that response and then seeing his son, I can't help but wondering, did Hezekiah have a proper concern for who was coming after him in the next generation? And as we see that mistake, I want us to think about the next generation. What is your thought? Is it just, well, hey, as long as things are fine, as long as I'm here, do you have a concern about what's going to happen after you, after you're gone, even after you've gone home to be with the Lord? We're going to see throughout Scripture that the godly desire is to care about what's going to happen after us. And then the second disturbing thing that we see is in chapter 22, as we see King Josiah, another boy king, he repairs the temple. And in verse 8, we see that Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And what we see is they had found it because it had been lost. The people of Judah had lost the book of the law. They had lost the word of God. And those are the two disturbing things that I want us to guard against, that we would, that we would care about the next generation and that we would not lose the word of God. And I think those two things go together. And we're living right now in 2020, you know, a year that will live in infamy, right? I mean, it has been a wild ride. And I think even as Christians, we, we see things going on in the world that we're rightly concerned about and deserve some level of our attention. But I think it is so important for us as Christians to not lose the word in the midst of everything that is going on. You take any other cause on planet Earth, and there will be some people that are going to stand up for it. There are going to be people that stand up for, for freedom and liberty. There's going to be people that stand up for, for justice. And, and there's ways that Christians can be involved in all of those things. But nobody else in the world is going to stand up for the word of God. And so we need to keep our focus on the word of God. And so when I'm saying don't lose the word of God, I mean first and foremost for yourself. Don't let yourself get so distracted that the word of God starts getting put on the shelf proverbially of your life and you're not spending time in it. You're not digging into it. You aren't studying it. And then your job as a Christian is to help pass on that word to somebody else to care about the next generation. And that might be literally the next generation in your family, whether you as a parent or a grandparent intentionally are teaching God's word to your children or grandchildren. But maybe you don't even have anybody in your family that's the next generation. Maybe you're single or you don't have kids or, or whatever it might be. There are still other people that need to know the word of God. And all of us should have a role, not just in the physical next generation, but in the spiritual next generation. 
Things in our culture are, are not headed in an encouraging direction. And as Christians, we must keep our focus on the Word of God and make sure we are being diligent and careful to understand it for ourselves and to pass it along to others. So today, if you have a family, are you investing time today in teaching the Word of God to the next generation? Or are you thinking today, who's someone else that I can encourage? Or maybe it's somebody that needs to have the gospel shared with them. Or, hey, I need to be involved in discipling someone else and studying the Bible with them. I need to reach out to somebody else to invite them to listen to this podcast or to go through this Bible reading program with me so that we can be in God's word together. Let's not lose the word of God. So we proceed in our reading to Galatians chapter 2. Today we read verses 11 through 21. And as we do, we're going to see something you don't see much of in Scripture. We're going to see some conflict, a little bit of a showdown between the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter, where it's Paul even says that he rebuked him. He, he rebuked Peter. I opposed him to his face, it says in verse 11. And he says, I I rebuked Peter because what he was doing, which what he was doing was acting comfortable around the Gentiles and their customs. But when the Jews came around, ooh, I got to start acting like a Jewish person. And he kind of left some of the Gentiles out in the cold is the idea that we get. And Paul is saying, hey, this does not match the gospel. Verse 14, this is not in step with the gospel. Then he explains more in verse 15. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. He's Kind of admitting, yeah, the Gentiles, they're pagans. They're they're away from God. But even so, we know, verse 16, that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. He's saying, ultimately, Even though we're Jewish and not pagan Gentiles, we aren't justified by works. We're also justified by faith in Jesus Christ. Nobody is saved by works. The only way to be saved is through Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about that, Lord willing, more this Sunday as we look at John chapter 6 at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley. But I also want you to look at verse 20 there in Galatians chapter 2, a well-known verse that says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so we see even, hey, we're not saved by works. It's through faith. And that faith is also how we live the Christian life. And that faith now that we trust Jesus, it is also fed by the gratitude that we have for Jesus. I want you to think about that phrase today at the end of verse 20, where it describes the Son of God as the one who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not living by my own works. Even now to this day, I'm not living by my own effort. I'm living by faith. Every day I'm going to wake up and trust Jesus and follow him. And I know I can trust him because he loved me and gave himself for me. He's proven that to me. 
Our last two passages kind of work together today as we wrap up our journey through Psalm 78. Psalm 78, 67 through 72, where it's talking yesterday, we saw very judgmental language from God toward the people of Israel. And today it starts in verse 67 by saying, he rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. That would have belonged to the northern kingdom. And then it says, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loves. And he built his sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth, which he has founded forever. Talking about the temple, talking about Jerusalem. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepholds, from being a shepherd, from following the nursing use. He brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. And basically, The end of this psalm is, hey, even though the people have rejected God again and again and they haven't listened and they haven't remembered, God has now given them a good king, King David. It's really saying despite of all the sin of the people of Israel, God has still been patient and kind by giving them this good king, David. So I want you to worship. As we wrap up Psalm 78, I want you to worship God for his patience and his kindness that you see God showing the people of, uh, of Israel, the people of Judah, and also the, the love and the patience that God has shown to you. And like I said, this connects with Luke chapter 3, verses 31 and 38, where we finish that genealogy today and we actually read the names of David and Abraham and, and Adam, right? That, that this goodness God showed through King David and the promises that he made to him, they all came true. And they led towards the person of Jesus Christ. We serve a God who keeps his promises. And he he showed us that through sending his son in the world. So we can trust him and we can trust his word. So let's hold on to his word and be careful not to lose it. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, go to revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.